I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Pod bless everybody. I'm your host of OPP, Corey Cambridge. And before we get started with this amazing episode, I want to tell you about my other show, Silent Giants. Silent Giants is a podcast that highlights the superstars behind the scenes of popular culture. Ever wondered who made the MTV logo? Did you know the person who wrote Earth, Wind & Fire's hit song September also wrote the theme song for the hit 90s TV show Friends? On Silent Giants, we learn more about these amazing people and dig deep to learn more about their most famous works. Be sure to check out Silent Giants on Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever else you listen to podcasts. Now, let me introduce you to our special guest of OPP. Hey everyone, I'm Kestrel Jenkins. I am the host of the Conscious Chatter podcast, and this is OPP. God bless everybody, and welcome back to another episode of OPP, Other People's Podcast Highlights America's Top Podcasters and the dope shows they created. I'm your host, Corey Cambridge. Our special guest this episode is Kestrel Jenkins, host of the amazing podcast, Conscious Chatter. Conscious Chatter opens the door to conversations about our clothing and the meaning and potential impact connected to what we wear. It's a venue that allows us to continue to learn more about the garment industry and how we can all be a bigger part of positive change in the world of fashion. In this interview, we're going to learn more about Kestrel, We learn about all things fashion. We get our podcasters picks. And of course, we're going to get into her dope show, Conscious Chatter. So allow me to introduce you to the host of Conscious Chatter, Kestrel Jenkins. Yo, Kestrel, what's up? (laughs) What's up? Yo, after (laughs) so many technical difficulties, I don't know what's happening with the world right now. This is crazy. Zoom can't handle it, like you said. Yeah, it, literally, I have the nervousness as if it's my first interview ever. So I'm like, what is going on right now? Like, I've done a hundred plus interviews in my life, but for some reason, the, the world is crashing down on me. <laughs> Tech difficulties. It happens. You know, I, I mean, I'm a podcast host too, so I know it, it's real life. <laughs> how's your day going? Pretty well. Yeah, pretty well. Went to an acupuncture appointment earlier. That's uh, something that we still can do in San Diego. And yeah, been hanging out with my five-month-old daughter and balancing work with her and my husband. But yeah, it's going well. Oh, hold on now. How can you get this acupuncture through social distancing? How, how does that work? So acupuncture is considered an essential business, kind of like if you had to go to the doctor. And ah. so I've been dealing with some like postpartum stuff. and. So I am able to go to my acupuncturist, but we have to wear masks and it's kind of like an interesting experience, but she can still like needle me and do the whole deal. Oh, wow. All right then. Yeah, that's what's up. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, first of all, it's a pleasure to have you on the show. How I, 
uh, I got familiar with Conscious Chatter. It's my girlfriend. She works uh, in the fashion industry on the sustainability side. And she was listening to your pod where we were like eating, making dinner. I was like, this is mad interesting. I was like, yo, I got to reach out to Kestro, yo, get her on the show. So here we are today. Dane, that's so humbling that she was listening to it. I wonder how she discovered it. Well, she's in the industry. So, you know what I mean? It makes total sense. And, you know, you're, you're paving the way. You're a leader in the industry. So here we go. We're here. Cool. Yeah. Well, thanks for reaching out. I'm stoked to chat with you. Well, here's the question. How did you first fall in love with fashion? So it goes back to when I was like a tiny little child. I grew up in Wisconsin in the middle of nowhere. But even though we lived like out off of a country road, I was obsessed with dressing. And I would put on crazy outfits every day and like just so I could walk down the long driveway to the mailbox and back. And my mom remembers that whenever someone came to visit us, I would change my outfit like five or six different times while they were at the house. So I could just kind of like walk through and be like, hey, look at this outfit. (laughs) So it's just kind of my blood. It's uh, one of those things I've always been really attracted to like aesthetics and compositions and kind of the way people put together an outfit. Uh, What was your first uh, way of breaking into the industry? So I didn't first kind of pursue fashion as an academic endeavor. It was something that kind of came up later because for some reason I had in my brain that if you studied fashion, it wasn't as, it wasn't as academic, you know, there's like these, assumptions and these stereotypes about fashion. Like I had this thing in my brain when I was younger, like, oh, I I should do something where I use my brain more than study fashion, which is absurd because there's so much, you know, in the industry now that I understand it. But I studied global studies and international journalism and women's studies and Spanish. And after that, I kind of learned about how people and ideas and different things move around the world. And through that process, how they kind of impact other people in the environment along the way and vice versa. And that's what kind of led me to this idea of thinking about, you know, how a product moves around the world and how that really impacts people and the environment and kind of got into that footprint. And so for me, I was trying to figure out how I could work in that sort of an industry, but I didn't know necessarily how and ended up discovering that fashion could be a way to look at supply chains and look at, you know, environmental impact and all of those sorts of things and kind of discover that I could fuse those two together. Wow. So you never had a technical like fashion, fashion job. You just had a love for sustainability and a love for the industry. Totally. Yeah. It was after college, I was looking for a job and there weren't a lot of jobs in the industry, but I discovered people tree which is like basically they're the pioneer in fair trade fashion and they're based in London and Japan. And I ended up uh, getting an internship with them. And so that was kind of my introduction to really being able to, to work in the fashion space, but it was, you know, in sustainable fashion from the start. Was your podcast first or was there another medium by which you created, you know, your, your lane for sustainable fashion? Yeah, there definitely were other mediums first. The podcast came later. I worked in New York actually for a while. I worked for the Green Shows and they helped produce the first eco fashion shows at Mercedes Benz during Fashion Week. 
And I worked for some tech startups that were trying to uh, sell alternatives to mainstream fashion brands that were more positive for people in the planet. And I guess I kind of burnt out on, on working digitally after a while and was like, all right, I have to kind of like recharge and figure out what it is I love about this industry and why I, you know, want to push forward in it. And so I started a blog and it was called Aware World. And the blog was all about showcasing people's style and telling the stories behind what they're wearing. So I would, you know, showcase photos and then tell you what people were wearing and the stories behind those pieces. And that, you know, kind of went on for one to two years. And a friend of mine was actually, he's the one that makes the shirt that I'm wearing. (laughs) Uh, He has a a company called Be Kind Vibes and he makes like organic and hemp t-shirts. And he was like, you know, Kes, I keep looking for podcasts about sustainable fashion and I can't find anything. He's like, you should just make a podcast. And I was like, uh, I have no idea how to make a podcast, but cool idea. Like probably I won't do it. (laughs) And then I'd say, you know, like the next day I was still thinking about it. And so I just started Googling. It's like, how do you make a podcast? And about one or two weeks later, I recorded my first episode with my mom interviewing me. And if you listen back to it, the audio is horrible because I did not <laughs> know what matching volume meant. <laughs> oh, yeah, that, that, that's key. <laughs> Very key. <laughs> <laughs> but I just kind of like taught myself from there and and it evolved, I guess. <laughs> so, you know, as I mentioned before, my girl, you know, she works in sustainable fashion. And, you know, this was something that I wasn't really necessarily aware of before. But then once I became aware, I realized that, wow, this is a major issue and that there are people who are extremely interested in this issue and are looking to make change in this space. But what was the, could you tell me a a tipping point or pivotal moment in fashion where this kind of became a bigger issue? Yeah, for sure. I mean, it's been an issue for years especially since NAFTA pushed a lot of the production in the U.S. overseas. And that led to a lot less regulation and basically led the fashion industry to more easily exploit people in the supply chain. But as far as the industry talking about sustainability, I would say the tipping point was Rana Plaza, which was the factory collapse that happened in Dhaka, Bangladesh, where over a thousand people were killed. And that was seven years ago now. And that was really pivotal as far as the industry waking up to like, this is happening all the time. But because it was such a catastrophic event, people finally started paying attention. And so I think that has caused a ripple effect. And now I feel like if bigger brands don't have a corporate social responsibility team or plan or approach, they're like way behind. What are your personal ethics as far as sustainability? Like what what are the rules that you personally follow? That's a great question. And I think it is so personal, you know, like we were talking a little bit about like fashion before we started recording and it's such a personal thing. Like what you wear is connected to who you are, your identity, like all kinds of things for different people. And, and I always say like, I'm not ever trying to, you know, 
preach to anyone of how they need to dress and how they need to buy, because I think it is something you need to kind of figure out on your own and find your own path. But for me, I am really thoughtful about what I buy and I don't buy a lot. So it's one of those things like uh, a lot of times people ask me, so what do I buy then? You know, like, I'm really interested in this. Like, what can I buy? And a lot of times the answer is maybe don't buy anything. Maybe go to your closet and see what you have and, you know, get creative with it. Because in the U.S., apparently, like on average, women only wear 20% of their closet. So there's like 80% of your clothes just hanging there, like getting no love, like not getting worn. So I feel like one of the greatest ways to kind of, you know, get started is to just use what you have and get creative with it. So that's one of the things I'm always working on. Also, I, I guess I just ask a lot of questions. So before I make a purchase, I ask a lot of questions. Like I read up on the brand online. I read on their website. If I can't get enough answers there when it comes to the materials they're using or when it comes to them kind of explaining their, their supply chain and who makes their clothes, then I send them an email and ask more questions. And often I'll put something in my cart and then I'll kind of like go away from the computer for a few hours. And if I'm still thinking about it, then I'm like, okay, this is, this is good. I'll make this purchase. But a lot of times I'm like, I don't need that. Why was I going to buy that? And it's just kind of like getting yourself out of that impulse because there's, you know, when we buy stuff, we get a shot of dopamine and it's like a high. And then you're like, whoa, I bought this thing. This is so exciting. But then on the other side of it, it's instantly, you're kind of like, all right, well, that's over. Why did I do that? Did I really need to do that? (laughs) Yeah. Castro, you brought up a a really good point. You said when you go shopping, you typically, you ask questions to, you know, the store person or if you, if about the product, but what questions should we be asking? Like, can you provide me with three questions that we should be asking as consumers before making a purchase or about a product, clothing in particular? Mm -hmm, Totally. Uh, A great question to ask is who made my clothes? So that's something that Fashion Revolution, a global project that has been going on basically since Rana Plaza, that disaster, that is a great way to kind of, you know, understand who's behind your clothes, because a lot of times that's a huge problem. 80%, about 80% of garment workers are women. And most of them are women of color on the other side of the world from where we are. And they're working in generally shitty conditions. So that's a, that's a good question to ask. You can also ask what the material is. So like, what is the fabric? And a lot of times we don't look at that, but scary thing is the majority of our clothes today are made from polyester, which is basically plastic, which is basically oil. And we're wearing that on our skin on a daily basis. And our skin is our largest organ. And it's also like the most absorptive. So if you think about those things, like it starts kind of spiraling and you're like, wow, (laughs) what are we doing? But, you know, polyester is a cheap fabric. And so that's what's been utilized for a lot of clothes. The other thing is with the polyester is polyester doesn't break down. So when it falls apart, if it ends up in a landfill, that's going to sit there for like at least 200 years before it breaks down. And then when it breaks down, it doesn't totally go away because it's plastic. So then 
those plastic filaments are going to exist on earth forever and get into waterways and our ecosystems and all these things. So plastic is a huge issue. I could go down that for, for another hour. So stop me. And then I guess another question would be to ask if the brand or the company has any certifications, because sometimes I can help a little bit. So, you know, you can ask, do you have any certifications? Maybe they have GOTS certification, which is an organic standard. Okay. For example, for like organic cotton, maybe they have a fair trade certification, which if so, like fair trade certifies the supply chain and basically means that the factory where the garments were made, everyone was paid fairly and was working in good conditions. And also fair trade has like this subsidized program. So money goes into a kitty at each factory. And then those employees that work at the factory get to utilize those funds for projects that are important to them. Okay. And take kind of ownership over that. So that's another question to ask. I mean, certifications can be really challenging and complex and overwhelming, but you can ask so you can just understand if a brand is thinking about those things. Wow. We're, you know, we're living in COVID times right now and the fashion industry is taking a a humongous hit, Uh, but who's being hit the hardest from this pandemic in the fashion industry right now? Great question. Definitely garment workers. They're the most vulnerable. They always have been in the supply chain. And right now they're being hit like the worst. So if you think about it, there's a big campaign right now that a nonprofit called Remake has started. It's called Pay Up. And they're basically asking big brands to pay up for orders that that are already completed. So what's been going on is that a lot of brands with COVID are like pulling out of orders that they've already placed and that are already completed and saying, no, we don't want that anymore. Wow. That leaves these factories in really horrible situations where the factory, the way that it works in the fashion industry is that generally brands don't ever own their manufacturing facility. It's a third-party situation. And so they have less, it's almost like they can blur the lines more easily and not be held accountable as, as easily. And so a factory will pay upfront for material and they will manufacture an order and they won't get paid until they deliver that to the brand. So it's like millions of dollars that factories are owed and brands are saying, no, I'm not going to pay. And so who does that trickle down to? Like the actual, you know, garment workers that the factory would need to pay. They're the ones that are getting hit. So pay up is a, is on change.org and you can sign it, sign the petition to help demand that these big brands pay up because like the garment workers need your help. They need your support. And it's not like a situation where all of a sudden garment workers are vulnerable because of COVID-19. I mean, this is not something new, but because of the realities of the pandemic, it's just revealing the cracks in the system so much further. Well, mind-blowing. Wow. A lot of people now have I've lost their jobs. And one thing about fast fashion is that it's affordable, right? That's why it's trendy and it's affordable. But as a consumer, is there a brand that, uh, how can I shop and be fly and be fresh, but at the same time, you know, have it be affordable and also be good for the environment? Is there like a brand that we can support that can help our pockets, but also help us look fly, but also be good for the environment? 
It's a great question. And it's such a good point because fast fashion was basically a positive thing in some ways because it was like the democratization of fashion. It was like, make it accessible to more people. This is a positive thing, you know? But then like how it all played out is there's all kinds of other layers to it. But I would unfortunately say I can't think of a brand off the top of my head that can hit all of those elements that you're you're wanting to hit. But secondhand is, I think, the best option to kind of hit all of those buckets. Because if you shop secondhand, you're, you know, buying something that was otherwise going to be wasted. You're able to find something that generally no one else has. So it's just like about getting creative and, you know, finding those cool one-off pieces. The other thing is nowadays, like resale is so different. There's online resale now too. So like you don't have to go to, which right now we can't even do that. Like go to a thrift store, go to a secondhand store, but you can shop online. And a lot of times if there's a specific brand that you like, you can buy secondhand and find that specific brand. So like, I think that's like a cool way in. Like for example, Poshmark, if you go on Poshmark, like you can find all kinds of brands that maybe you already like, and you can find something that's already been used, and then you can give it another home for a while. Wow. Kestrel, before we take this quick break, I have a question just for me personally, because, you know, it's my show. Might as well ask a question just for me. (laughs) But uh, I love sneakers. And so I often, you know, from talking to my girlfriend and now ask myself like, wow, what harm am I doing by buying literally a pair of one or two pair of Jordans every month? Am I having a negative impact uh, on the environment at all? Or I'd love to get your take on how I can be a smarter consumer. It's a great question. It reminds me of my brother growing up. He was like obsessed with his basketball shoes. Always (laughs) had to get a new pair, but shoes are really complicated to make. So it's like, this could be an entire podcast episode to talk about shoes because there's so many different components to them. And in general, shoes have like lots of glues and adhesives and a lot of them can be toxic. But if you think about it, it's kind of like, okay, if you're buying shoes all the time, are you wearing them? Are you utilizing them? Are they something that are getting a lot of love and I guess appreciation. Cause I think that also has to kind of play into the way you think about your clothes. Interesting. All right. I'm going to think about that next, next Jordan release. <laughs> <laughs> How much love I'm going to give these. <laughs> Castro, we'll take a quick break. When we get back, we're going to get to your podcast, Conscious Chatter. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. All right, Castro, we're back. So, Castro, tell me, how did you first discover the medium of podcasting? Great question. So I had a blog for a while that was called Aware World, and I would showcase people's style. So I would show photos of an outfit they were wearing and then tell the story behind 
the different pieces that they were wearing. And a friend of mine who has a company called Be Kind Vibes, he does like organic and hemp t-shirts. He was like, Kes, I keep looking for sustainable fashion podcasts and I can't find anything. He's like, you should just start a podcast and talk about what you're talking about on your blog. And I was like, yeah, cool idea. I have no idea how to start a podcast. But the next day it was still like lingering in my head. And so I was like, all right, well, maybe I'll just see how complicated it is. And so I did some research and Googled a bunch and realized it wasn't so overwhelming to try to start one. And so a couple of weeks later, I recorded my first episode with my mom and <laughs> she interviewed me because she was really instrumental in kind of helping inspire me to bridge fashion with my interest in sustainability. And yeah, and like, like I told you earlier, if you listen to that first episode, it's a really, really bad sound quality because I did <laughs> not know what matching the volume meant yet, but I now know. So, <laughs> Yeah. So were there podcasts or podcasters that inspired you when you first got started? Hmm. Good question. I guess I listened to a lot of public radio. So I feel like that was really helpful. And it's funny when I was starting the podcast, I didn't even think about this, but in college, I studied international journalism and I actually did an internship at a radio station and it was a radio station called KFAI and they were a listener supported radio. It was super cool. They had like 14 different languages that they put out on the airwaves and I would do the Monday night news report. And so I had like subtle experience in radio, but didn't really think about it when I was starting the podcast. But I feel like that has actually been really helpful. That kind of bit of experience has kind of come back around to, to influence me now. Wow. Uh, Kestrel, for folks who have not heard or checked out Conscious Chatter, uh, give me the elevator pitch of the show. <laughs> so Conscious Chatter is an inclusive audio space where we explore why what we wear matters. So we basically dive into the, the different layers connected to our clothing and the impact that we can make by thinking more about where our clothes come from. Now, you've had some amazing guests on your show. Has there been a guest that you've had on your show that surprised you the most? Hmm. That's a really, really good question. I don't know if I've had a guest that surprised me the most. There's definitely been different stories that have surprised me in different levels. Like I just was talking to someone the other day about this episode. It's way back from season one. I talked to a woman who's an organic cotton farmer. Her name's LaRae Pepper. And she tells a story about how her husband passed away from basically growing up on a conventional cotton farm and he got cancer. And they're based in Texas. And she talks about how like there's a massive cancer treatment center there because of all of the cases from the pesticides from the farmers farming. And it was just like, I guess to me, I had the understanding that yes, organic is better, like less chemicals. This, this makes sense to me, but I didn't have like such an intimate understanding of like how farmers are basically being killed on a regular basis because of the toxins that they're using with pesticides. Wow. Wow. Is that a recent episode? 
that's an older episode, actually. It was back from season one, but that's a little bit of more of a downer, I would say. But I mean, at the same time, I get to talk to people that are innovating all over the world. And that to me is really powerful because there's so many people that are coming to the table and, you know, using their unique skills to try to address the issues with fashion. And I guess that's kind of what keeps me going is there's so many people like all hands on deck trying to figure out solutions. And while there's so many issues of greenwashing today, because everyone wants a piece of this sustainability pie, there, there also are a lot of people doing really powerful work. Wow. I often tell folks on this podcast who are listening that podcasting is an amazing way to either enhance the brand that you've created for yourself or to create a new brand and allow people to see you in a different way. So if you're LeBron James, but you have a, a passion for WWE wrestling, you can have a podcast and express that joy that wrestling brings to you, right? It's a great way to rebrand yourself. How has your podcast helped to enhance the brand or open up opportunities for you that you didn't have before in your industry? Mm -hmm. That's such a good point. I feel like before, so I'm somebody who always wants to kind of like support the little guys. So I never worked for big companies. I worked for like smaller tech startups or, you know, smaller brands that were trying to make it and had these like big visions of doing good. And so I never had on my resume, like I worked for Patagonia or I worked for Adidas, you know, I didn't have those. And so I think a lot of times people would stuff me off like, oh, she doesn't have any experience. But now from doing the show, it's almost like become this massive resume for me where people are like, oh, so she's talked to all these people. So she has this like elevated knowledge. So it's almost been like a resume for me. It's kind of like people give me more respect in my knowledge because they understand I've had conversations with really powerful, influential people. Uh, I know that I, for, you know, I always tell folks who love rappers or basketball players, like these people are, are nerds, right? Like <laughs> that's why they're so good at what they do is because they just nerd out in the basketball court or they nerd out in the music studio. And when we see them, we see them as like the cool people, right? Like on stage when it's all said and done. And sometimes you can see that there's a level of, um, that doesn't mean that you're accustomed to being in the spotlight, right? Mm -hmm. You just are the nerd who loves to play basketball, but that doesn't mean that you're the nerd who loves to play basketball, who loves, you know, attention, right? You just love the game. Uh, have, how has it been for you being a voice uh, in, in the world of fashion sustainability? Have you always felt comfortable with being a voice? It's a really great question. I feel like for me, I've found my comfort in being able to ask questions. So I feel like I don't have to always have the answers. And I have this unique way of being able to kind of frame a story and frame a conversation, but do that by asking questions. And I think that almost has given me the opportunity to welcome more people in and to bring more voices in and kind of use my platform as a space for like, Hey, I want you in here and I want you in here and I want you in here in a way where I don't have to be saying like, this is the way it is. And this is what I think. I like it to be more like, here's a gathering of all these ideas. So you can kind of make your own decision. I know that podcasting is an amazing way. It's an amazing learning tool. But 
from being in your seat as the host and creator of Conscious Chatter? What have you learned about your own industry or about yourself that you didn't know before? Hmm. Good question. I would say, so throughout the podcast, I have learned more about like sustainability and the depths of it. I am a white woman. And so I come from a lot of privilege. And when I came into this space, like my, my mindset was, okay, there's problems. They need to be fixed. Like, how do we fix this? Like, what are solutions? But I wasn't getting at the root of the issue enough. And I wasn't like breaking down the reasons why there are all of these different layers of problems going on, whether it means that garment workers aren't being treated fairly when it's women on the other side of the world, whether it's the environment is just being trashed. Like I wasn't going back to like, why? And I did a show with uh, Dominique Drakeford and she is actually based in New York and she's an environmental educator and like stylist and influencer. And we talked about why like the sustainable fashion conversation has been a privileged white woman's conversation. And that was a really powerful conversation for me. And since then it has been something that I've consistently been trying to work on learning more, trying to bring into the podcast more. And I'm actually working with Dominique on a project that we're doing for the podcast. It's going to be a four-part series where we break down more of these issues and getting back to the root cause and how, you know, it goes back to to culture. It goes back to racism. Like the fashion industry is a mess and it goes back to like these systems of oppression. So I guess that's one of the shows that really impacted me massively and has totally reframed the way that I think about sustainability as an overall concept. Wow. Wow. And and Kestrel, before we get into your podcaster's picks, you know, I know with this show and my other show, Silent Giants, or I'm a songwriter at heart. That's my background. That with everything that I create, there's an underlying message that I want people to walk away with. No matter who I'm interviewing, there's something there that I want you to walk away with at the end of every single episode. For listeners who are going to go check out Conscious Chatter after this interview, what do you want them to walk away with after listening to an episode of your show? What's the underlying message? I think it goes back to the simple idea that what we wear matters. It's kind of like my tagline, but it really goes back to that because what we wear, we sometimes think, oh, well, it's frivolous. It's just clothes, no big deal. But there's like hundreds of hands that have touched that garment before it got to you. And whatever that garment is comprised of, somehow impacted the environment. So there's there's a lot that happened before you put that shirt on and it matters. Wow. This is a great interview, man. I'm having a good time. <laughs> Kestrel. <laughs> Thank you. Yo, Kestrel. So we've come to a point uh, of the show called our podcasters picks. Now this is when I ask the guests of today's show to provide me with their top three favorite podcasts that they enjoy that we should be listening to. So Kestrel Jenkins, take it away. Okay. So number one, this is one I always go to when I'm driving up to LA and back. And I'm sure a lot of people listen to it, but it's called How I Built This. And I just love it because you get to get into the nitty gritty with these these brand founders and understand 
like where they came from and how they got to where they are today. And it's always inspiring to me because I never could have expected that that their past story was as obscure as it was and, and how they became this like, you know, notable name now. So I love that show. I also love a show called Green Dreamer, which is by Kamea Shane. And she's actually a sustainable fashion blogger. And she started this podcast after me, but she focuses a lot more on like deep diving into like the environmental side of things. And she has really, really knowledgeable guests, like talk about nerding out, like super like nerdy people that know like intense stuff about climate change and numbers and analytics. And I love her show for, for kind of getting into the geek out mindset. And another one is wardrobe crisis by Claire press. She's the sustainability editor of Vogue Australia. And Claire is just like a really fun person and she has great guests, similar sort of, content to my show, but different approach and different guests. And I'm always, you know, a fan of supporting others in my space because I think that's what it's all about. And I think we're, we're all kind of like getting further by lifting each other up. So yeah, I think she's another great one. Facts, facts. And, uh, yo, Castro, before we get out of here, why do you podcast? So for me, I have found that podcasts are a really unique way to talk about revolutionary ideas. I think that audio is a, has a unique power and by kind of blocking out these other layers that we usually use to make assumptions and interpret things and come to like ideas before we actually listen, audio makes you just listen to a voice and just listen to words. And I think that it allows us to to get it down to like this raw level where we can get really intimate and be okay with change. Yo, Kestro Jenkins, thank you so much for being a guest on OPP. Thank you for dealing with me and my technical difficulties with Zoom <laughs> today. I really appreciate you. And I've had such a good time on this interview. I've gone over my time because I'm having so much fun. Thank you so much again. Everyone, please go check out Conscious Chatter right now. Pa bless you all day. Thank you so much, Corey. Thank you all so much for tuning in to another episode of OPP and to our special guest, Castro Jenkins. Remember to check out her amazing podcast, Conscious Chatter, on Apple, Spotify, and wherever else you listen to podcasts. This episode was mixed by Compost Media Flow. Music for this episode was produced by Richie Quake. Are you down with OPP? If so, please be sure to check out our website, opp.news, for the latest in podcast industry news, podcast reviews, and our latest exclusive interviews. Be sure to sign up for our newsletter as well. I'm your host and the editor-in-chief of opp.news, Corey Cambridge, signing off till next time. Hey, folks, I'm Mark Marin from the WTF Podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues 
your ally to help tackle your allergy symptoms this season. I love the change of seasons, but nobody loves pollen and all those other things floating in the air that make you sneeze during this nice weather. Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues are hypoallergenic and allergist approved. So fight back against watery eyes and runny noses without worrying about irritating your skin. For this allergy season, grab Kleenex and face allergies head on. 